NATO's response in Poland, a member state, was swift when in late February, Russia recognized the two self-proclaimed separatist states in the Donbas and openly sent troops into the territories. Three days later, Russia openly launched a full-scale invasion in Ukraine. As Russia attacked eastern Ukraine, all Ukrainians fell under martial law. Poland inherently understood if Putin conquered Ukraine, it was next. Hence, tensions were high in Warsaw as people chattered about escalation. Want to take a trip to Lviv with me? Ben Krajewski offered. I'm driving medical supplies to help refugees and Ukrainian soldiers. Do you have room? Peter accepted, but only if his place would not hinder Ben's mission. No, he replied. I need your help. You learned some Ukrainian, right? Oh, sure, Peter lied. Days later, with permission from their employer, Peter and Ben took to the road in a donated van with their goods, including alcohol pads, epidural kits, casting materials, irrigation trays, catheters, wound excavators, and even infant diapers. It's the PPEs that they need most, and are most valuable on the black market, Ben commented as he started the engine. Black market? Peter responded with concern. It's why we travel in an unmarked van, Ben reassured. The five-hour trip was not without risk from the criminal community, but they were not in real danger from the Russian war. Nevertheless, all believed it was merely a matter of time before airstrikes hit Lviv itself. The day they left was the same time Kremlin troops shelled Gorenka, Bucha, and Irpin, non-military suburban towns with homes, daycares, high-rises, and parks 15 or more kilometers from Liliana's home. As Ben drove the entire way, Peter talked to keep him awake and revealed his connection to Kiev, starting with the plant, the Tears of Persia, and the neighborhood where Liliana and her mother lived. When the two arrived safely in Lviv and met their contacts, Peter learned of the intense shelling by the Russian army near Irpin. He also learned that the Russians would not allow the people a humanitarian corridor to leave, a violation of international law. Word of atrocities encircled the conversations. The bridge to Irpin, Ben whispered to Peter back in their van once the medical staff had emptied it, has been destroyed. Many in Irpin were Chechen fighters, but I do not understand how the Chechens have agreed to fight alongside the Russians. Countless remain loyal to their insurgency, likewise to Ukraine. However, my friend, the Russian army cannot get to Novobilichi. The Irpin bridge to the district is currently a Ukrainian checkpoint. Where is Liliana? Are you safe? Maxim spoke on the phone to Mrs. Vasilenko. She is safe, the mother explained through tears. She is helping manage the public buses that await the people who escape through the woods and the back roads from Irpin. The situation is becoming more precarious every day. In Irpin, the Russians are killing everyone. You need to get out, Maxim explained, although his unit was far away in Lviv, still training. At that moment, the phone went dead. Later that evening, Liliana discovered her mother lying on the floor of their cold house, still breathing, but immobile. Among the flowers in Iran, Fritillaria persica stands out as one of the most unique 
Through the Iranian people, the downward shape shadows the morning of Siavash, the son of the Shah Kikovos. Falsely accused by his own stepmother of her rape, his only defense was his own chastity. Though tested and proved bright, he was sent into exile, where he demonstrated constancy and love for his wife. Ultimately, his adopted host, the ruler of the warring Turanians, executed him. As Siavash's blood reached the ground, a plant which grew upon the same spot witnessed the death of Siavash at the hands of the Turanians. The plant fell down and cried, a colorless sap, moved by the innocence of the son of Iran. Thus, the tears of Persia. Peter did not know that the plant that Liana and he had rescued had died in fall before Maxim's proposal. Fritillaria persica has a short lifespan of less than one month and a year, so indeed Liliana was fortunate to have kept it alive so long. As Ben told Peter the Iranian story of innocence, Peter reshaped his outlook towards the Russian war against Ukraine. He envisioned Ukraine as the innocent Siavash, whose constancy to its people and vice versa remained pure, yet was still persecuted by a malevolent dictator in the current case, Putin. While the Ukrainian forces fought better than the bastard Russian conscripts, they were outnumbered. In the fable, the Shah and father of Siavash realized his mistake, but only after his son's death. Likewise, Russia's attack on Ukraine was Putin's global miscalculation as Ukrainians fought back with their all. The two men sat inside a heated cafe as they loaded up on coffee and caffeine to restart towards Warsaw, when uniformed Ukrainian military members entered to celebrate the end of their training. Ready to join their brothers in the Eastern Front, the men ordered sodas, beer, Red Bull, and more. You, not a gardener, Maxim shouted across the open seating area and laughed. Peter looked up, but among the identical green camouflage jackets, he could not spot who it was that called. Maxim walked two steps and sat down in the empty chair at their table. Dr. Williams, Maxim announced his presence. Maxim, Peter responded with genuine pleasure to see him alive. What are you doing in Lviv? End of training, he replied. Tomorrow we leave for Kiev, then possibly Chernihiv. They won't tell us. After introductions, Maxim asked, Do you want to know about Liliana? Peter's face became its most serious, and he said, Yes, please. She was helping with evacuations in Irpin, but Mrs. Vasilenko has had a stroke. Although Liliana is attending her at home, she needs medical help, which they cannot get. Peter looked at Maxim's hand for a wedding ring, but Maxim caught his glance. Not married, Dr. Williams. Maxim smiled his broad, cheeky grin. I actually came over here to ask you for help, he quieted down. Mrs. Vasilenko needs medical aid, which is available here in Lviv. If you have a car, you can follow our unit into Kiev from the south, and then to the Vasilenko house. I can text to Liana that you're coming. From that point onward, Peter did not hear what came out of Maxim's mouth. His attention sailed away on a vision in which Liliana was waiting. His elation clogged his hearing too, so much that by the time Maxim finished, Ben had to poke Peter's shirt to bring him around. I cannot go, Ben whispered. It is too risky for me. I have my children and wife at home to consider. Can you let me have the van for two days? Peter begged. That's not a problem, but I will need to find a way back to Warsaw without you. I expect you'll want to stay here. Or keep driving into Poland, Peter suggested, as Poland was accepting thousands upon thousands of Ukrainian refugees. 